He's alive. I don't know if John is at this point, but I know Jesus is alive. (laughs) Dead things coming back to life. That's the Jesus effect. We've talked about that over the last few weeks and, and looking at areas in our life, all of us have them, aspects of our life that have died. And so we've been praying um, about those things in our life. And we have looked over the past few weeks, there are four resurrections in the gospel, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, there's four of them. The widow's son, Jairus's daughter. Today, we're gonna talk about Lazarus. And of course, the greatest resurrection of them all, the one we celebrate today, Jesus Christ. Now, in each of those scenarios where someone had died, For those that were left, there was hurt and there was pain. There were questions and there was suffering over the person that had died. And each of those people in experiencing this suffering, they surely were saying to themselves two words, if only, if only. And the fact is all of us have said that, if only. Moments in our life that we regret, moments we would like to forget decisions and outcomes we wish we could go back and do differently, a desire maybe for a different outcome. Now, not all if only thoughts or moments are super serious or significant. I'm just even thinking of the city of Pittsburgh and its sports history that we have. I mean, there's a couple if only moments if I'm thinking about it that come to life. In fact, I thought I would share a couple with you this morning. As we look at the city of Pittsburgh, I mean, there were two I remember very distinctly. I remember where I was in college when I watched these games. So if you'd let me digress for just a moment, I want to share two with you. Let me take you to 1992, okay? How many of you remember this moment? All right, a few of you here, the few that watched the Pirates. And I want you to remember back in 1992, that time I was in college. And if you're not familiar with this, this is Sid Bream. Okay, now Sid Bream is a Pittsburgher. He's also a Christian, really good guy from what I've heard, but I didn't like him in this moment in 1992. This is the National League Championship game, game seven, Pittsburgh Pirates versus the Atlanta Braves. There were two outs. Sid Bream, who could barely run, is on second base. And the Pirates are moments away from going to the World Series. If only Barry Bonds had an arm. I mean, he was a phenomenal athlete, but with Sid on second, a base hit comes in and if only we could throw him out, maybe the Pirates season wouldn't have died in that moment. Now there's another moment that's a little more, it probably is more emotional for me. How many of you remember this next game? Let me take you a few years forward. 19, the year was 1996, but it was a 1995 Super Bowl. Anybody remember this? I remember this moment. I was at Buffalo Wild Wings with a bunch of college buddies and one of my best friends was a diehard Dallas Cowboy fan. So if you're watching online and you're in Dallas, just know we'll pray for you at the end of the service. But at this point, the Steelers owned the Cowboys. I mean, they had never lost to the Cowboys in a Super Bowl. And of course, we started off slow. In the third quarter though, the Steelers picked it back up. And if only... Hadn't thrown an interception in the third quarter to Larry Brown, things might've been different, but it didn't stop there. The Steelers came roaring back. You might remember Yancey Thigpen scored a touchdown over Neon Dion. 
Am I the only one who, I, I just remember this. But then, so we're back within three, and then, if only, Neil O'Donnell <laughs> threw another interception to guess who? Larry Brown. And again, the Steelers' Super Bowl dreams had died. All right, if only. Now, we can laugh at these if-only moments, but I think you get the point. The fact remains, all of us have them in our life. And we look at areas that may be dead in our life, dead marriages, dead-end jobs, dead relationships, dead dreams, hopes, and aspirations. And oftentimes we think, if only, that would be different. I would say we have three types of if-onlys in our life. There are the if-onlys that we direct toward things that we don't have. Like if I only had more money, if I had a better job, if only I had more time. There are if-onlys that we project onto other people. If only I had a relationship like they did. Or if only I had their opportunity. Or if only they could see what I could really do, things would be different. And the last one is we have if-onlys that we project onto ourselves. If only I would not have made that decision. If only I had known this, or if only even I could be healed. And these regrets lead, lead to, to dead areas of our life. Like I've already mentioned, dead marriages and dead relationships and dead end jobs. And we often believe, here's the problem. We believe that if the if only was answered, or if the if only was resolved, that would be the thing that resurrects our dead circumstance, if only. If only then I would be happy, or if only I would be content, if only I would maybe even feel more alive. And what happens then is there is a void that is left with these if onlys. And oftentimes people try to fill them with success, money, drugs, alcohol, and buying self-help books. But I think we understand that ultimately none of those things ever fulfill the void that is left from our if only thoughts. And this is where Jesus comes in. It's the effect that he has on our lives because Jesus desires to bring life to the dead things in our life. However, as we're going to see today, as we look at the final two resurrections that we've talked about, both Lazarus and Jesus, we're gonna see that Jesus first wants us to address and he wants to deal with those thoughts of if only in our life. So on this day, when we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus, we're gonna begin by looking at Lazarus and a statement his sister Martha makes of an if only statement. And it's a story most of you are probably familiar with, but it's very significant as it ties to the Easter story. So join me as we pray today. Lord, thank you for this opportunity that we have to gather. Lord, I really remember even a year ago and two years ago, this weekend was significantly different. So for none of us, we don't take for granted the opportunity that we have to gather in your house as a community of faith and to worship and to celebrate you. I invite you into this place. Come and move in hearts in a way that only you can do. In your name, everyone said, amen. amen. 
So if you have your Bible or you want to open your phone or app, however you want to do that, John chapter 11 is the text we're going to look at today. They'll put it up here on the screen and on the monitor if you don't want to do that. But John 11, let's start at verse 1. Again, this is the story of Lazarus. Many of you are familiar, but let's go through it. Starting at verse 1, the Bible says, a man named Lazarus was sick. He lived in Bethany with his sisters, Mary and Martha. Now, if you've read through the Bible or you read through the gospels or grew up in church and know much about this, you may know, if not, I'm gonna let you in on a a, a hint here. This family, Lazarus and his two sisters, Mary and Martha, they were very close to Jesus, okay? Bethany was kind of their hometown and area, but they had seen Jesus work. They were friends with him. Jesus loved them. They loved Jesus. And they know because now their brother's sick that Jesus would want to know, and he's a dear friend, Jesus would want to know that Lazarus is sick. More importantly, again, as I've already said, they know Jesus has the power to heal their brother. So it makes sense that they would reach out to Jesus, which is exactly what they did. They sent a message to Jesus that Lazarus was sick. And so now Jesus gets that message. Let's go to God's word to see how Jesus responds. So when Jesus heard about it, he said, Lazarus' sickness will not end in death. He continues, no, it happened for the glory of God so that the Son of God will receive glory from this. Now catch this. (laughs) I love this here. So although Jesus loved Martha, Mary, and Lazarus, so although he loved them, he stayed where he was for the next two days. Does that make sense to you? I mean, let me get this right. Because he loved Lazarus, Mary, and Martha, he knew Lazarus was sick. He decided to blow him off and stay where he was for two days. Now, that doesn't make much sense. And they had to be asking the question, Jesus, why didn't you respond immediately? How many of you have asked that question at times? Why, Jesus, why didn't you respond immediately? Well, Eventually, Jesus tells his disciples, all right, we're gonna go now. It's time to go to Bethany and see Mary and Martha. And here's what happens. Jesus arrives in Bethany and he was told that Lazarus had already been in the grave for four days. Basically, Jesus finds out Lazarus is dead and he's been in the grave for four days. Bethany was only a few miles down the road for Jerusalem. Now remember, Jesus waited two days before he even responded. And so now many of the people had come to console Martha and Mary in their loss because their brother's dead. And when Martha got word that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him. I bet she did. (laughs) And Mary stayed in the house. Now, (laughs) would you love to hear that conversation? I mean, can you imagine Martha's thoughts as Jesus is coming into town? And then the Bible tells us this. This is what Martha said to Jesus. Martha says, Lord, Mm -hmm. if only Jesus, you had been here, my brother would not have died, if only. So here we see Martha looking at her dead brother and a dead situation. And just like you and I, when we look at the dead things in our life, Martha can only focus on what could have been, if only. Now, these two words are incredibly powerful because they create a prison in our life that leads to death. It is the if only thoughts 
that we direct toward the things that we don't have, that we direct towards other people, that we direct upon ourselves, that hold us back from living the resurrection life that Jesus wants us to live. Here, Martha is projecting her if-only thoughts onto Jesus. And in this moment, Jesus is about to give her and in turn us a lesson about who Jesus truly is. So after she tells Jesus, Jesus, if only you had been here, things would have been different. She says, but even now I know God will give you whatever you ask. Okay, she understands and she has seen what Jesus can do. So she says, I know Jesus, that God will give you whatever you ask. And Jesus responds by saying, yeah, your brother Lazarus will rise again. And then Martha responds, yes, I know he will rise when everyone else does on the last day. Okay, but in this moment, in that conversation, Jesus is now going to respond with the ultimate answer to Martha's if only thoughts. And it is the answer for our if only thoughts. We are about to see the true Jesus effect. So here, after saying if only to Jesus, Jesus says this to her. Jesus told her, Martha, I am the resurrection and the life. Anyone who believes in me will live even after dying. So what's so significant? What's so significant about Jesus saying in that moment, I am the resurrection and the life? It is the very point of my message today. And it's the point that I pray all of us leave here cemented in our hearts with, and that is this. Resurrecting is not just what Jesus does. It's who he is. Jesus is the resurrection. It's not just what he does. Remember, Lazarus, Mary, and Martha, they were close to Jesus. They had seen his miracles. They had seen the power of Jesus's ministry. They knew exactly what Jesus could do. And in this time, in this story, the gospel story, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, in this moment, when Jesus raises Lazarus from the dead and this statement, I am the resurrection and the life. It is the climax of the story and everything changes in this moment. It's from this moment on that the religious leaders of the day seek to kill Jesus. Why? Because in that moment, Jesus is now claiming he is the only way. He's claiming he's the Messiah. And the point for us today is this. Jesus wants our faith to be rooted in who he is, not just what he can do. Because resurrecting is not just what Jesus does, it's who he is. To Martha's if only thought, Jesus says, I am the resurrection and the life. Anyone who believes in me, Martha, will live even after dying. Everyone who lives in me and believes in me will never die. Jesus is like Martha. I know you loved your brother. I did too. I know everything looks dark and gloomy and dead right now because he's been in a grave for, for four days. Martha, I also know you have seen me heal. Martha, I know you know what I can do. But right now, Martha, I want you to know who I am. 
She, he wants her to recognize not just what he can do, but who he is. And in response, Jesus says to Martha, he asks her a question, do you believe this? Martha, do you believe that I am the resurrection and the life? Not what I can do. I know you believe that, but do you believe who I am? Do you believe I am the resurrection and the life? And this is the same question that Jesus asks each and every one of us right now. Do you believe Jesus is the resurrection and the life? For Jesus is the only answer to our if-onlys. Jesus is the answer to our if-onlys. He's the answer to our deepest longings. He's the answer to the things we would want to forget Jesus is the answer. And I'm not saying today that Jesus is the answer to everything you want. He's not gonna give you everything you want. I think you recognize that. In this world, as we just saw in the last 24 hours, we will experience pain and suffering. We will experience injustice and evil. And God has called us to do our part in bringing hope and healing to that. But we recognize that although Jesus desires to bring life to the dead things in our life, the ultimate fulfillment of our deepest longings and desires will not happen in this life. It will happen in the life to come. This place is not heaven, as you well know, and it won't ever be. But the resurrection, what we celebrate this morning is the guarantee of a better world to come. This is the significance of Easter. This is the significance of the resurrection. We are Lazarus. We are the ones that are dead to rights and have been buried in a grave. But because Jesus resurrected, because he overcame death, we now have life. So as I wrap this up today, I want to tell you a true story of one other if only moment in time. It happened on Sunday, October 8th, 1871. It happened in a church service much like this, only in Chicago. The pastor who had just given a message or was closing the message, his name was D.L. Moody. And he had shared the good news and the gospel. I don't know exactly what his sermon was, but the Lord was working on his heart and he was going to give an invitation as most pastors do an opportunity for people to respond in faith, to give their heart and life and put their trust in Jesus Christ. But knowing for pastor Moody, knowing that putting your faith in Christ and living for Jesus is far more than simply raising your hand or bowing your head and saying a prayer and thinking your tickets punched and you're good. He wanted people to think about it. He wanted people to pray about it and then come back the next week and truly recognize that giving their life to Jesus means more than just that. And so he told his congregation, we're not gonna do a response today. I want you to come back next week. I want you to come back next Sunday. However, Pastor Moody did not know that only a few hours later, the Chicago fires would begin. Nine o'clock that night, they began. The very church that they had met in that morning was destroyed by the fire. Pastor Moody's home was destroyed in the fire and some 300 people died in the Chicago fires, many of which were in that very service that morning. And for the rest of his life, 
D.L. Moody lived with if only. If only in that moment I had chosen to give a response rather than waiting for the following week. You see, as a pastor, I relate to D.L. Moody. And I understand. Again, as we saw, two people 24 hours ago had no idea that their last moments would be at 1.30 this morning. Even in our city, we saw a prominent figure on the Steelers, not yet 25 years old, suddenly leave this earth. You do not know when the time is coming when you will be here no more. And can I tell you the most tragic, the most horrific, the saddest if only moment in the world in all of time is if that day comes and you go to heaven and you stand before God and you don't have your name written in the Lamb Book of Life, if you have never put your faith and trust in him, if you're there before Jesus and he says, I don't know you. And in that moment you think, Lord, if only. That is the most tragic if only moment. So right now I want to give you an opportunity. If you have never placed your faith in Christ, if you have never, not between me and you, but between, between you and God, say, just as he asked Martha, do you believe this, Martha? Jesus today asked you, do you believe this, Tom? Do you believe this, Nancy? Do you believe this, your name? Do you believe that he is the resurrection and the life? That this isn't a makeup fairy book, fairy tale story. That he was fully God, that he was fully man, that he came to earth, that he died on Friday on a cross, a brutal death for our sin. And he walked out of the grave on Sunday. If everyone in this moment would bow their head. I wanna give you an opportunity. I'm not gonna ask you even to raise your hand or come forward. But I don't want you to have the worst if only moment before Jesus if you've never given your life to him. And all that means right now is between you and God, I'm gonna pray. And if you've never done that in your heart, in your mind, I want you to pray this with me. Jesus, I come to you today and I recognize that I have a lot of if onlys, but I bring them to you recognizing that you are the answer. And just as you asked Martha, do you believe this? I answer today saying, yes, you are the resurrection and the life. And right now I commit my life to you. I need you, Jesus. I need you to be my savior. I don't wanna stand before you and say, if only. So right now, would you come into my life as I commit it to you? In the name of Jesus, amen. If you prayed that prayer and you believed in Jesus, you won't have an if only moment in heaven, an if, mo if only moment for Jesus. But I wanna tell you something else. I relate to Pastor Moody because it's not just getting your ticket punched. For some of you today, I'm so glad you're here. We haven't seen you in a while. And for some of you, you, you may leave this place and you're like, I'm good till Christmas. It's not true. Let me tell you why. This was, this was Jesus' words to Martha. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and life. Anyone who believes in me will live even after dying. But Jesus did not stop there. Jesus said, everyone who lives in me and believes in me will never die. 
See, Jesus' challenge wasn't just like, yeah, just this mental acceptance and then your ticket's punched and you're good. Jesus says, you gotta live in me. And here's the thing. I'm not asking you to join this church. (laughs) I'd love to have you come back next week and the week after and begin a walk of faith. I would love to be your pastor. That's not what it's about. There are a lot of great churches in Pittsburgh. I'm friends with a lot of great pastors in Pittsburgh. Wherever you're at, whether you're here or online, you just need to be a part of a community of faith. But don't leave here today and just say, okay, I prayed the prayer, I'm good. Jesus says, you gotta live in me. There's a next step. So if you prayed that prayer today, as you leave today, the ushers will be at the door and they have a little blue bag that gives you some next step, an opportunity for you to say, okay, I'm gonna begin this journey of living. Just take that and ask for it as you leave today. Amen. Would you stand to your feet this morning? Jesus is the answer to our if onlys. My prayer today is that as you leave, you would walk and recognize and know the resurrection life, what it means to live in him. We're gonna end this service by, I'm gonna say, he is risen. And you're gonna respond by saying, and as we say that, we recognize that he is not in the tomb and that's what we mean by that. But when we say it, let's remember that resurrecting is not just what Jesus does, it's who he is. So there's a capital R on that risen, all right? You ready? Here we go. He is risen. risen God bless you. Have a wonderful Easter. You're dismissed.